Hello and welcome to episode of Rob Ray of the Cost for Pointcast. As always, I'm your host, Trevor Shackles. Since the last episode in July, there have been a few things that have, of note that have happened with the Senators, although nothing major in regards to their actual players. But today, we won't be talking about the Ottawa Senators. Instead, it'll be an episode devoted to discussing the second season for the Belleville Senators. And to do that with me today is my former Silver 7 Sens colleague, Spencer Blake. Spencer, how's it going? Going pretty well, thanks Trevor. How are you doing? Not too bad. Thanks for coming on. Um, I guess let's just get right into it. Um, so the biggest change for the B-Sens this year, I guess we can still call them that. I mean, they're pretty much our <laughs> B-Sens. I don't know what to say. Um, yeah, biggest change for the B-Sens this year is that their head coach, Kurt Kleinendorst, is out for the second time. And former Hershey Bears coach, Troy Mann, is in. What are your overall thoughts on Coach K leaving and Trent Mann's brother, Troy, coming in? Yeah, I mean, it is a big change, and I think it's it's one that I wanted to have happen, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how it pans out. You know, with with Klein endorsed, there was definitely some good stuff, but I think if anyone who you know has read anything I've written or follows me on Twitter knows <laughs> that I, I was definitely looking for that change. Uh, he had more of a you know veterans win you hockey games kind of attitude towards deployment, uh, which. Works, I guess, if you have the right veterans, but the problem is right. Belleville really didn't. So um, he tended to play, you know, the the Jimmy O'Briens and the Max McCormicks and the Eric Bergdorfer, Bergdorfers uh, of the team over the prospects when, you know, at the end of the day, yes, winning games is great. AHL's development league, though, so you want to see more prospect play. And, and we didn't really see that under Coach K. So uh, I was... I guess happy is maybe not a nice word to say about someone losing their job, but I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing, uh, to seeing a, a new coaching staff uh, in play here in Belleville with, uh, with Mann and, and his team. Right, and I think you bring up an interesting point in that obviously winning at the AHL level is important, and I think there's nothing wrong with playing some veteran guys. Like back in 2010-11 uh, when they won the Calder Cup, they had some really good um, skilled veteran players like Ryan Patoni and guys like that but yeah. the past few years, they haven't had guys like that. So, you know, you're playing guys like Zach Stortini, who have no <laughs> skill, and, they, you know, they're getting more ice time than prospects like Colin White and Philip Chopic, who, who need that ice time. Exactly, exactly. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, so um, turning on to a more positive note, though, like, what do you expect with Man coming in? Yeah, I mean, th- there's lots of things, to, I think, to look forward to with, with Man. Um, I mean... His last coaching stint with Hershey, you know, three of those four seasons, uh, you know, they got past the 40 win mark. They went past the first round of the playoffs. They went and lost in the finals one year. So, you know, he's definitely got some successful AHL coaching under his belt, which is really great to see. Um, I think we're in wait and see mode. Uh, he has, he came on TSN 1200 a little while back and, uh, I think it was during the, the rookie showcase there. And he mentioned, you know, run, young guys drive the team in the AHL, but veterans are also important. Um, so I think that we might see a more balanced approach when it comes to playing prospects and playing veterans and ensuring that the ice time is, you know, distributed appropriately but again you know we haven't seen it yet from a senator's point of view so that's kind of the the wait and see but at this point i'm cautiously optimistic i think about uh, about what's going to happen in belleville from a coaching perspective this season yeah i sure hope that it's it's more balanced and obviously like he said like you do need veterans and um we'll we'll get more into this later but you know it, it looks like they signed some 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 decent ahl free agents 
Um, yeah. And, and also looking at his, his track record, I can't speak to, you know, how, you know, how articulate of a coach he is and how good he is in the dressing room and stuff. But, you know, he's been on some pretty good teams. And you'd mentioned um, his track record in Hershey. He went to at least the second round in three of his four seasons. And I was looking at even um, in the ECHL as a head coach, two out of three of those seasons, he made it to round three in the playoffs. So I think it's, it's, a, it's a pretty impressive track record so far. Yeah, I mean, he's got to be doing something right, right? So that, that's hope that, you know, that continues this year. Exactly. Now, it's, it's also no secret that the goaltending in Binghamton slash Belleville has been brutal for a few years now. And to address that, the Senators signed veteran Mike McKenna to a one-year contract. Uh, they also have Philip Gustafson and Marcus Hogberg, who both need playing time down there as well. How do you think the goalie situation is going to end up shaking out this year? Yeah, I, I think, you know, after... How is man going to deploy his skaters? Uh, the big question, maybe even before it, the big question is is how is he going to uh, handle that rotation? Um, I'm kind of back and forth on the McKenna signing. I understand it from a you know, mentoring perspective, but I just am really yeah. hopeful that it doesn't take too many of those starts away from from the the you know, goalies of the future, if we can call Gustafsson and Hogberg that at the moment. Um, he, in that same, you know, TSN segment, he, he did mention that, you know, he he uh, appreciates McKenna and his uh, experience and, and what he'll bring to the team. But he did, he was you know blatantly asked the question at the AHL level, can you learn by being mentored or do you need, actually need to play? Uh, and he did say, you know, these guys need to start. Gustafson needs to start. He needs to play games. And that was really encouraging to hear. Uh, I, I think a lot of people were a little bit worried that, you know, McKenna would get the bulk of the starts. Um, but it does sound like he, you know, provided Gustafson earns it and and puts in the work, uh, you know, he'll get those starts as well. Um, I am concerned, however, that, you know, all of this is to say that Hogberg will probably spend more of his time in Brampton uh, than in Belleville, uh, which for me is, is you know, I, I think, a big issue. Um, you know, putting all of your eggs in the Gustafson basket, while, you know, he very well may turn out to be a great goalie, a little bit risky uh, by, you know, not to say that Hogberg won't turn out, but it's definitely not going to help. Uh, by playing more in the ECHL against lesser competition uh, and behind lesser competition. Right. I, that's interesting. I had missed that quote by Mann talking about Gustafson's role. That That's definitely encouraging, though, because um, I was under the impression when they made that signing that McKenna was going to be the starter, and maybe it's going to be more of a split. Um, I'm assuming that it's going to be performance-based, too. Like, if, um, you know, if McKenna goes on a run, then I'm sure they'll stick with him for a bit. But, you know, I... My biggest gripe with this signing, and I would assume uh, yours as well, is just the fact that, yeah, Hogberg is going to be getting, what, maybe 10 games max this year in Belleville, and he just really needs that time. Like, he's not a young prospect. I think he's 24 years old. Um, So, like, this is a guy that he needs his playing time. He needs to try to prove himself, and he can't really down in Brampton. Yes, exactly, and that's that's the biggest issue. I I think just to go back there, McKenna's he will be the starter, I think, you know, to start the season. And I think maybe it'll move more into a, a 1A, 1B situation pending, you know, Gustafson's performance there. But, uh, you know, I almost think that, you know, an injury at the Ottawa level, knock on wood, that doesn't happen, but um, would be the only way that Hogberg sees more than 10, maybe 15 AHL games. And you're yeah. completely, that's, you know, he's not, I mean, he's not old, but he's not a spring chicken. So, you know, we need to be, you know, I think they need to be you know cognizant of, how much of his time they're wasting and maybe, I don't know, how soon he heads back to Sweden because he's not getting the starts that he should be getting. 
Agreed. Um, and I, I will say one positive thing about this signing is that McKenna just off the ice genuinely seems like a great guy. And like, he's one of those players yes. where it does seem like, okay, I think he actually will have a positive influence in the dressing room. So there's at least that. I, I agree. And you know, I, I get the mentor thing, um, but I think you can do it with the right player and you can do it with the wrong player. And from everything I've read and seen, and I mean, even his interactions with fans about his pads and stuff on Twitter, yeah, exactly. Uh, he seems like he's the right guy to be doing that mentoring. It's not just because he's played a bunch of games. Uh, it seems like he's got you know the whole, the whole package when it comes to what you want in that veteran player. No, totally agreed. Um, moving on from goaltenders. So since we don't really know who's going to be making the auto roster just yet, and we won't know till about a month from now, it, it's hard to tell which players are going to end up being on, on the Belleville roster. However, players like Logan Brown, Colin White, Philip Schlopik, Drake Batherson, and potentially even Brady Kachuk, but probably not, might all get playing time in the AHL at some point this year. Who amongst those do you think will be in the minors for a significant chunk of time this year? Yeah, that's it's it's a tough question right now, you know, with all of the talk about, you know, the the youth insurgents and the prospects playing in Ottawa, it's it's tough to know. Um, I'm kind of expecting to not see too much of Colin White or Philip Schlappick in Belleville. Um, I would love to because I watch them all the time, so it'd be great to see them more. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Logan Brown, I think, would probably get every opportunity under the sun to stay in Ottawa. Just, I mean, because of his size and ability yeah uh, he might see a brief stint in the ahl depending on how his camp goes but I, I think you know if we're looking at the players who are you know the the young players of the players of the future if you will who will be in belleville longest or make the most impact because of their time spent in belleville i mean drake batherson's probably one um unless he has a lights out camp i i think that it's probably best for his development, even if he does have a really good camp, uh, to to head to the AHL. Uh, you know, he's been a bit of a late bloomer, but he's also you know, risen to that challenge every time. Uh, you know, with Team Canada, with his year in the QMJHL. Um, you know, I think that he'll do the same. But I, I do think that you know, the AHL, at least for a season, if not more, is probably the best route for him. Um, and comparing him to you know Schlappick last year, 30 points would be really nice to see. Um, I mean. He's a second-year guy, but still a prospect. Max Lajoie, uh, he's going to be playing, I hope anyways, bigger minutes in the in the AHL. Uh, I think he's flying under, flying under the radar a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, but I think he'll have a, pr a pretty big impact, uh, provided he gets the ice time to do so uh, in the AHL this year. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think I don't think we're going to see uh, Brady Kachuk in in Belleville this year. I think it's going to be Ottawa or or London. Yeah, Jeff Merrick seemed to indicate um, back in August that Kachuk was more leaning to going back to the London Knights, or not back to the yeah. London Knights, but into London if he doesn't make the Senators. Um, I feel like he's just going to end up making the team anyway. Um, yeah. But it, it's so hard to predict because there's so many guys that could potentially make it. And, you know, if you're going to take uh, what Melnick said a couple days ago at face value, then they're going to have 10 of these guys, maybe Batherson <laughs> and Fermentin make the team, you know? So maybe I, I don't really know. But um, I think obviously, like, if, if a guy like Brown does get sent down at some point, then that obviously makes the Belleville team a lot better. But at the same time, I, I think he is ready for that NHL level. Um, yeah. And then White and Schlopik, like, they they're definitely nhl ready um they i feel like they might have to spend a bit of time in the ahl just because of a numbers numbers game like especially yep. if they are gonna give fermentin another nine game tryout then maybe somebody like white has to go down for a bit 
Um, and, you know, that, that just makes the Belleville roster a bit better for a bit. So I'd be fine with that. Yeah, I, I would as well. And I agree. I think, you know, um, there's a numbers game. There's also the contract game. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to be picking up Max McCormick if they waive him. But yeah. uh, right now he's on a one-way contract. So um, that might factor into something and end up bumping one of, you know, White or Schlappick down for a little bit. But, uh, yeah, as far as, you know, if we're going to call them full-time AHL players, I, I think that, you know, I don't expect Schlappick, White, and probably not Logan Brown to be Belleville players for too long this season. Right. And I, I think you mentioned... So if Batherson ends up getting 30 points, you think he'd be happy with that? I mean, I'd love to see more. Um, I think Schlappick kind of set the bar last year with the environment that he had. Yeah. Um, I think I think Batherson's capable of, of a good offensive production in the AHL as soon as this season. But when you look at who the centers are, um, if Schlappick and Brown and White are all in Belleville, Batherson's probably playing with... I don't know, Jim O'Brien, Nick Paul, um, maybe Paul Carey. I'm not sure if he plays center full-time or if he's a winger. I'm not entirely all caught up on him, but yeah. it's not a recipe for offensive you know, production, I don't think, right now for Belleville with the players that they have, provided the, you know, the young players are up in Ottawa. So um, I think that we can expect probably 30-ish points, uh, which would be good given you know, all of the circumstances. Yeah, I think that'd be fair. And I do think, I like Batherson as a prospect, but I do think people are maybe overrating him a bit just because yep. you mentioned he was a late bloomer. And, you know, he's, besides last year, he didn't have like that much of a track record. Um, and yeah, I, I think that he can definitely have a solid season, but I, I wouldn't expect him to make much of an impact at the NHL level. And yeah, he'll he'll probably be maybe a second or third line player in Belleville. So um, but yeah, um, what about the other players who have been there for a year or even a few years, guys like Nick Paul, Gabriel Gagne, Francis Perron, should we still have hope for some of these guys? Um, so you said Nick Paul, Gabriel Gagne, Francis Perron, I would say in that order, no, yes, and no. Uh, so for Nick Paul, you know, if you look at his, you know, if you jump on his, uh, stats page. It looks like he had an okay season last year offensively, uh, but if you break it down game by game, most of his points came on a hot streak at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, for the beginning, I I want to estimate you know 60, 70 percent of the season, he wasn't doing a whole lot. Uh, and for a guy of his age, I mean his size, his shot, he he has some of the tools that would make a lot of sense for a a player to at least be productive at the AHL level. Um, I don't see him, you know, he's got his lat, you know, got a one year contract for you know the two way. I don't see him making an impact at the NHL level anymore. Unfortunately, I'd love to be wrong about that, but uh, everything that he's kind of put together in the last couple of years doesn't really say NHL player anymore, which is, you know, <laughs> I'd love for a piece of the Jason Spezza trade to actually pan out, but here yeah. we are. Um, Gabriel Gagne. Hey, there's he Gagne. Is... There, there's the second piece of the Spezza trade. There you go. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. We still have hope. Um, <laughs> uh, with Gagne, I mean, he's he's got everything except, I think, the foot speed. Um, and, and we did see that, uh, that video come out this summer, I think, from Sense Prospect on Twitter um, that uh, had him working on his footwork and his agility and that kind of stuff, which was good to see. But um, I think you know, his shot is lethal, uh, and he is a big guy. Um, I can see him making an impact at the NHL level. I don't know, you know how far up the lineup, uh, but I do think that there's still hope for him in terms of 
having a bit of an NHL career. Uh, and Francis Perron's kind of just dropped off a little bit, unfortunately. Um, I think part of it is due to the lack of opportunity. He got buried under Coach Kleinendorst. Uh, he didn't really play. He, he's an offensive player. He's a he's a scoring you know energy guy, and and he didn't really have the line mates or the opportunity to do so. Uh, didn't really see special teams time. Didn't really uh, you know get out of the fourth line. And I don't know how much of that is his play and how much of that was, you know, a lack of trust from coach K I'm not sure. Um, but for him, you know, it's kind of, you know, running out of time. Maybe he's not old, but, uh, I think this year, you know, new coach, new season, I'd love to see a, a big turnaround from him and hopefully, you know, man gives him that opportunity to, to shine in a role that he actually makes sense in. Uh, but up until now, a little worried about it. Um, if you're looking for some bright spots of players that have been, there for a little bit. I mean, I think Christian Jaros is, or Jaros, uh, is going to be ready for the NHL sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not going to put up points, but I would say he's kind of a, you know, a Boro type with way more skill, if you will. You know, he's a <laughs> he's a mean guy. He's physical, but he can move the puck. He's not going to, you know, light up the stat sheet, but he can get the puck out of his own. He can make that first pass, you know, the important transition plays uh, in today's NHL. Plus, he's got the mean streak, and he's a big body, and he loves to throw it around. Uh, so, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him this year, uh, and I think, you know, as well as Max Lajoie, who was there last year. You know, I think we've got some... Some bright spots for sure, but uh, and I think Gagne is going to have a good year as well. I just hope that he's you know got some foot speed and maybe gained a pound or two uh, over the summer here. Well, I, whenever I think of Christian Yaros, I, all I can think of is that massive hit he had maybe <laughs> two years ago, a year and a half ago, something like that. And yeah. um, I think it was like one of the Swedish guys, like Robert Soderlund or something on Twitter. He, like he tweeted the video, and oh my god, had. I mean that was all over the place, and that's legitimately one of the biggest hits I've ever seen. So, you know, if he can yeah. if he can do that at the NHL level, then I'll be pretty excited. Um, coming back to Gagne for a second, what do you make of his only five assists last year? Like, is that just because he had twenty goals? That's that's one of the weirdest lines I've ever seen. Like, is that just because Belleville was so bad? Is that why he only got five assists? Do you think? I mean, p- partly. Uh, the, you know, the players that he played with, he was, I mean, probably better off shooting than passing the puck. Um, it wasn't an offensive team in, in Belleville, and you know, assists were probably pretty rare. I think, you know, most of the time he was playing with one of, if not both, McCormick and O'Brien. Um, and, and I mean, they're not offensive dynamos, so you know. The five assists, I mean, you'd think it, it's tough to have 20 goals and five assists. You're right. It's a really <laughs> weird, really weird stat line. But I, I think, you know, his shot's so good that he was able to bury his chances uh, and his line mates, you know, maybe weren't able to bury theirs. Um, it also might speak a bit to his playmaking ability. Um, you know, his passing, I wouldn't say it's a strong suit. Uh, right. I wouldn't say it's a weakness, but I wouldn't, you know, I don't think of Gabriel Gagne and think of the, you know, outlet passes and, and, you know, the times he's found people backdoor and that kind of stuff. I basically just think of his, his shot and his size. So um, it's probably a combination of things, but if I'm, you know, ranking them, number one is probably just, you know, quality of, of line mate and not being able to produce anything more than, you know, his 20 goals, which was great to see. Yeah. But uh, I mean, even going back to junior, he, he was more of a goal scorer than, an assist producer, right? Like I think most of his years he scored more than he assisted. So uh, it's not necessarily new, but 20 and five is definitely drastic. (laughs) For sure. 
And I, I think it's fair to say that if he does make the NHL one day, it'll probably be as maybe like a, a third line powerful power forward type player. Yeah. Yeah, kind of limited. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I don't see him having the the speed to play in the top six. Um, I would I would probably put his ceiling at you know third line best, um, and, and he might because of his you know size, uh, you know sit in front of the net on the power play occasionally. But uh, yeah, I, I don't see I don't see a top six future for him. Right. Um, and, and coming back to Perron for a sec as well, I think you were talking about how he didn't get much of an opportunity with Klein endorsed. And that's just got to be the worst timing for coming into the AHL. Like right after, I believe it was right after his final season in the queue. That's when Klein endorsed got hired. Um, yep. And you know, that coincided with his first two seasons. And I think he obviously, he obviously wasn't that impressive. Um, but at the same time, it, it definitely hurts if you're not getting an opportunity. And you know, Perron's one of those guys where he lit it up in, in the queue. And even in his draft year, I think he was just below a point a game, uh, which is pretty good for a seventh rounder. Yep. And, you know, Perron's one of those guys that make me wary of, of guys like Batherson, you know, who, who light it up in their final season in the queue or in the O or WHL or whatever. Um, just seeing him not produce whatsoever in his first two seasons makes me think, huh, okay, well, it's not a guarantee that a guy who puts up 100 points is going to be automatically good in the AHL. So I'm not I'm not trying to say that Batherson isn't going to be good, but I do think, you know, not all these guys um, figure it out right away. Yeah, and, and I would say the the hype for Batherson is probably higher than yes. what his, even what his ceiling will be. Um, I mean, it, he, it's very possible he could be a top six forward in the NHL, but I, I mean... Middle six is probably more likely, uh, but if you go on, you know, search his name on Twitter or, or see what fans are talking about, they're they're expecting first line winger Drake Batherson. Would love to see it myself, but uh, you know, you definitely have to be wary about it when you see these, you know, kind of late bloomer players move into the AHL and not produce uh, like Perron did. Now there is a size difference. I'm not sure if that's going to be not not a big size difference, but um, Perron's yes. not a, a a big player when it comes to board battles and and throwing his weight around. Batherson does that a little bit better, um, so that may help his transition. But you're definitely right. I mean, you need to be wary about these. You know, that there are. I mean, he's a fourth round pick for for a reason, right? Yeah. Uh, if you if he was going to be a first line winger for sure, he would have been picked in the first round. No, exactly. <laughs> um, and what about one of the f- the few prospects who we haven't talked about or mentioned, uh, Andreas Englund? Do you think he's hmm. like is he a clear step below Yaros at this point? Because they're normally ranked about the same or in the same tier. So, what are your thoughts on Englund? Uh, I would say he's a clear step below Yaros at this point, um, mostly because Englund, and that's not to say he's not going to be an NHL player in some capacity. Um, he has i kind of mentioned the you know the the size and the the you know physicality um but yaros also has the ability to move the puck uh anglin's puck movement's not as good uh, right. i would say he's he, he struggles a bit more on that he's kind of more of a uh you know glass and out panic mode kind of defenseman that's not to say he throws the puck away all the time but he's not as smooth with the transitions uh as you might want um you know i I still think i mean he's probably going to play a bit uh i just you know with yaros you might see him get off the third pairing at some point at the nhl level i i think england would probably be 
fine as a sixth or seventh defenseman uh, one day, but that's probably the ceiling, uh, just because his his puck movement and his kind of the the finesse side of his game doesn't really. I don't want to say it doesn't exist, but it's not not high enough. I don't think to to you know be be thinking about him in the in the top four in the NHL or anything like that. Right, maybe not someone to get excited about, but just kind of yeah. an organizational player. Yeah, and, and I think that he'll. I mean, he'll he'll play hockey for for a while. He'll have a good career. I just yeah, it's not someone you're going to be you know building the future around. I don't think for sure. Um, so with Randy Lee out of the picture, it looks like Belleville actually signed some decent AHL for agents over the summer. Um, I don't think I'm missing anyone on this list, but what can we expect from forwards like Adam Tambellini, Chase Ballacy, Joseph LeBate, Paul Carey, and then defenseman Stuart Percy? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure. It's, it's definitely not a coincidence. I don't think that the AHL signings improved this summer. Um, you know, Randy Lee had his his guys, and they all were kind of the same mold. You know, the the Zach Stortinis. Um With Paul Carey, I think that you're gonna. I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised um, or maybe not, maybe just happy about it. Um, you know, he's, he has a career 0.6 or so per game in the AHL. Uh, that's great uh, for, for a free agent signing. Uh, he played, I think the whole season, I think 60 games or so with the rain. Yeah. yeah. 60 games yeah, with did. the Rangers last year in the NHL. I mean, he didn't light the lamp or anything, but he he's, played at that level. So uh, I think that we can expect him kind of to be a bit of a, you know, injury call up for, 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 uh, Ottawa, but, um, at the AHL level, you, I think we're going to see a lot of them. And I think that we're going to be happy, uh, to see, you know, he, he was a point per game in Hershey, uh, under <laughs> man, yep. uh, in 2016, 17. So I think that we're going to see a lot of him on the ice, uh, and for, you know, a, a pleasant change, um, we're going to be happy about seeing a lot of that veteran on the ice, which is great. Uh, I was, that's probably the, the signing that I'm happiest about. Um, Tambellini, he's still young. Uh, he's a big guy. I mean, he's six, four. He's, you can see why he was on, you know, the radar. He's, I think he's 23 or so. Um, so it, you know, there's still some room for, for growth. Um, he hasn't really excelled offensively in, really any level he's been fine uh, at most levels at the, at the AHL even you know the only time he really did so was in his final year of junior when you're 20 and playing against 17 year olds so you'd hope that you would be uh, really good on the score sheet there um, he's one that I'm fine with the signing pending his deployment uh, you know if he's going to be a kind of a bottom six guy happy about it you know he's you know probably a good guy to have in the room he's probably a good guy to you know face against mediocre competition at the AHL level, but I wouldn't want to be seeing him, you know, on the first power play or, or anything like that. I don't think we can expect a ton of production from him. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Labate, I would say is the weirdest signing because he hasn't really produced anywhere yeah. uh, at, at all. So I'm not sure, I, I guess, you know, he's big, so that's probably why he was signed, but past that, I'm not sure what to expect from him or to have any expectations from him, I'm not sure even how much he'll play. Uh, I'm hoping, I mean, just based on the stat sheet, granted I've never seen him play, um, that he's not spending too much time on the ice and taking any minutes away from the prospects. Uh, who else do you ask about? Uh, oh, Chase Belisi. Uh, pretty good. I, I'm, I'm happy with this one as well. He had a small cup of coffee with Florida last year. I think it was eight or so games, but still, you know, 0.5 points per game in the AHL. So that's another one of those signings where, you know, you're not, when you're, 
when you're signing AHL free agents, you're not really, when you're an AHL free agent, you're not looking for a payday. It's not, you know, you're not a free agent because you're leaving your team to get more money or, uh, you know, to win the cup. You're, you're leaving your team either because you see an opportunity for more ice time somewhere else or the team decided that they didn't want to you know, continue paying you and they had, you know, you got bumped out by prospects. Um, but with Belisi and, um, and Carey, you know, those are two really good AHL signings for the fact that they're AHL signings, if that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I was <laughs> making sure I was, I was making sense. <laughs> no, on that definitely one, yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So at the AHL, you're not, you know, point per game AHL players aren't free agents because they moved to the AHL. So um, 0. 0.5, 0. 0.6 points per game. That's really great. And I'm glad to see Carey and, and um, and Belisi joined the team there, and then Stuart Percy, not a big fan of the signing, only because we've got some you know defensemen in Belleville that need ice time, and I worry that he's going to take away from that ice time on the left side. Um, you know he's been fine in the AHL, uh, but he's dropped a long way from being a Toronto Maple Leafs first round draft pick. So um, you know there's already. Eric Bergdorfer and Seeloff and a few other, you know, more veteran AHL defensemen who likely don't have NHL futures um, sitting in Belleville. And now Stuart Percy's just, just one more. So, um, you know, I'm not, not super thrilled about the lack of ice time that some prospect will likely experience because of it, but he's a good AHL defenseman. So I guess it, there's, there's two ways to look at it for Belleville. It's probably a good um, for a guy like Max, Max Lajoie. I hope that he, you know, outplays him and, and earns a spot above him in the lineup because those are likely the that's likely the player that he would take minutes from if he takes minutes from anyone. Spencer, to be fair, a Toronto Maple Leafs first round pick from 2011 doesn't really mean a whole lot. You know, they also <laughs> had guys like you know, who did they get? Tyler Biggs, uh, Tyler Brad Biggs, Ross yeah. in the second round. You know, so <laughs> maybe he would have gone is in the that, fifth round or something if it was another. Is team. that also the uh, the Greg McKegg era as well? Yes, Greg McKegg. Yeah, yeah. That, oh, those a few years there. That was just brutal. But um, yeah, no, you you make some interesting points, and I think what if I can get excited about an AHL team, what excites me the most about um, Carey and Belisi is that now you have guys like Batherson, like um, I guess Gabriel Gagne who are going to be playing with those guys who are, you know, they're not net negatives, like they're, they're net positives. And um, yeah. they're going to be playing with actual good veteran players instead of just anchors out there. So that helps their development as well. And then it also makes the team better. So those definitely look like solid signings. Um, and yeah, it, it definitely looks like the team will have a bit better overall depth this season. And yeah. at least... Um, I'm hoping that Carey stays the whole year there because he did actually play the whole year with the Rangers last year in the NHL. So I'm hoping that Ottawa doesn't keep him for an extended time up uh, in the NHL. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, I mean, for me, it's probably a coin flip at this point. I think that your, I think your, your hope will come true that he will spend most of the year in the NHL, but I, I can see why Ottawa would, you know, consider him. Mm-hmm to be, you know, that 13th forward or, or, you know, earning a spot during camp. So, you know, we'll see how that goes for me. I'm hoping uh, just like you are that he spends most of the year in the AHL. Cause I think that's more important for, as you said, the, the prospects development than, um, you know, him being in the, in the NHL there. No, for sure. Um, and then I, I would assume that also a guy like Max McCormick is 
Like, do you think he's going to stay up in Ottawa for most of the year um, as a 13th forward? Cause he does have to go through waivers now. I mean, I think he'll start there. I'm not sure how much he's going to play. I think, I think they're going in the, at the NHL level. They're going to, they're going to see that, you know, his kind of rough and tumble style of, you know, Chris Neal light hockey uh, isn't going to be a net positive for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and this is all just based on the, you know, youth movement stuff. If, if that actually rings true, um, I don't think that McCormick will stay in the NHL all year. I think he'll get waived and likely not claimed and then spend some time in Belleville. But um, it, it really, yeah, I think it really just depends on, on Boucher. Is he going to, is he going to trust as many prospects as we're expecting to make the team? I'm not sure. Uh, and, and because of that, I think McCormick will probably spend a good chunk of the season at the NHL level, unless he gets just severely outplayed at camp, which is also quite possible. So I guess the long-winded answer is I don't know. <laughs> right, and that's uh, that's the thing. I mean, it's all up to Boucher. Uh, ownership and, and Dorian can talk about prospects all they want, but it's, it's Boucher's team right now until he gets fired. So um, I'm cautiously optimistic, I guess I'd say. But, yeah. man, that... <sighs> There was no reason at all to sign uh, to re-sign McCormick when they did, especially giving him the uh, on the second year the fact that it's one way. It just that's just a baffling signing. Same with the Ben Harper signing. Um, but you know, it's it's not going to hurt the team that much just because I mean they're going to be bad anyway. But still, it's 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 taking a spot away from a prospect. Yeah, they they had a had a string that I hope is over of uh, ex- extending players too yeah. soon. Uh, let's throw Alex Burrows into that conversation as well. Oh, yeah. We don't have to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so last topic here. I've expected the B-Sens to be improved for two seasons in a row now, and they failed miserably <laughs> both times. Is this finally the year that they get back into the playoffs, or are they still missing some better players? That is a good question. Um, I think that you can expect them to improve. I don't think you should be, you know, saving any dates for playoff games. Mm-hmm. Um, the team is deeper. We, we talked about that earlier. It, it's definitely a deeper roster. There's more, a little more skill, uh, both from prospects and from a, a few of those AHL signings as well. Um, the goaltending, knock on wood, Gustafson plays well. McKenna does his starts and plays well as well. Hogberg gets in there. You know, the goaltending should improve. Um, and then the big thing, deployment. You know, if if man can figure out how to properly balance prospect playing time and development time and veteran playing time to, you know, win games. And I think that if you're looking at the prospects versus the veterans in Belleville, the prospects playing them more will give you a better chance to win uh, rather than playing the veterans more. So um, if he figures that out and, and does so appropriately, um, you can expect an improvement. Uh, special teams like Ottawa in Belleville were not good last year. Um, not sure how much that will improve. I mean, we've got Batherson. He should be on the power play uh, in Belleville, we've got a few, you know, better players that you're going to be seeing, you know, growing. Uh, you know, Jaros has a, a great shot. And Lajoie does well when it comes to distributing the puck from the point. So th- there's optimism a little bit on the special team side. But, you know, they were uh, deep, deep in the conference last year at, you know, second, second last. Um, and they were about 24, 25 points, I think, out of the final playoff spot. 
I think this year's team can probably get seven or eight more wins, you know, 14, 16 more points. Uh, but that's still going to going to be kind of in the in the conversation for just on the outside looking in, I, I think is probably what you can expect from Belleville. You know, the the 10th spot in the conference kind of thing. Uh, if they can do better, great. But, you know, if that's where it is, that's a vast improvement on this past year. Um, and I think, you know, it's it's going to be baby steps, you know, as we continue to see uh, more prospects come in, um, you know, provided that Ottawa's drafting continues to be good and their AHL signings continue to be good. Um Gustafson gets better, you know, maybe next year, the year after we can start see, talking about playoffs. But I think for this year, the the goal, I mean, the goal should always be to win. But I, I think that, you know, if you're looking at where they're probably going to end up, I would venture to guess, you know, ninth to 11th in the conference is probably, probably what you're going to see, provided all of this stuff works out. Hey, you know what they say, if, if you can finish within 10 points of a playoff spot and anything can happen. That's <laughs> that's kind of true. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, I I'm definitely. I don't think they'll be like an amazing team. I I am gonna. Oh God, maybe maybe I'm just maybe I'm just being too optimistic with this team for three years in a row. But I think they'll like maybe slight um just barely sneak into the playoffs in that last final spot or something. Because I think, I think we both agree that. The depth up front is definitely a lot better, mainly just because of those carry and Ballacy signings. Um, and then I think, obviously, like if the goaltending is just, even if it's just average, that is a massive, a massive yep. boost. Um, and that's same goes for the Ottawa Senators. Um, I think McKenna could be okay. And then if if Gustafson's as good as we think he can be, um, even if he puts up a nine fifty nine sixteen save percentage, that's really good. That's gonna give them five, six extra wins on the year. So um, I, maybe, it's weird. Maybe, usually I'm like too optimistic on, on the Belleville slash Binghamton teams and then not optimistic enough about the <laughs> Ottawa team. So I don't know. But um, at the same time, I'll defer to you. You're the one who watches a lot more of these games. <laughs> yeah, and actually I just, one prospect that we didn't talk about uh, who could have an impact uh, maybe not a massive impact, but you know, increase the skill level and the depth perspective is Aaron Luchuk. Uh, oh, we didn't right, even talk yeah. about him. Totally forgot uh, about him. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I know. So I mean, th- that just kind of goes back to that, you know, increased depth uh, and opportunity for for a little more skill on the roster. So I mean, you're right. That there's there's reasons to be optimistic. Um, I think just you know setting that you know expectation that playoffs is un not. Yeah, I, I would probably go with unlikely, um, mm-hmm. but. You know, you're right. Anything can happen if you get decent goaltending and you know deploy your lines properly and and do some you know improvements at the special team side of things. Um, which you know, new coach, new year. Maybe that's maybe this year is the year. So uh, I would love to be wrong about my prediction of just outside the playoffs looking in. Um, but they, they do have much better depth. It's it's going to be a better team this year, I think, than than the last couple of years that we've seen. For sure. So, what's your what's your official prediction? Tenth in the in the conference? Yeah, I'm thinking you know seventy five points, okay. seventy five to seventy seven, maybe maybe pushing eighty. But you know, in in their conference, I think uh, Utica was the eighth team and they had eighty eight. So you know, just on the outside, you know, a couple five six wins away, I could see it. Um, so I, I would say my official prediction. Uh, let's go with seventy seven points and tenth place in the conference. Okay, I'll I'll say eighth for I don't know eighty four points. So it'll be All close. Right. 
Um, all right, well, I think we that should do it for today. Uh, but is there anything you want to plug or mention before we sign off here? Uh, no, I just I wanted to mostly just thank you for for having me on. It's been a blast. I you know love talking hockey, and I'm actually quite excited about the Belleville year. So I'm I'm really happy to to be able to chat with you about it and and you know get on the cost per point cast. Awesome, this is great. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on, Spencer. That was a lot of fun. Thanks so much for having me, Trevor. All right. As I wrap it up, reminder that you can find the Cost Per Pointcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, and you can rate and review in those places as well. You can also follow me on Twitter at ShaqTS, and be sure to read my articles at HockeyBuzz.com, which will have lots of coverage heading into training camp. And if you have any suggestions for future episodes, let me know. That's all for me. Adios.